The other day I came across this reflection on the priesthood. If a priest preaches more than ten minutes, they say he's long-winded. If his homily is short, they say he didn't prepare it well. If the parish funds are in the black, they say he has business savvy. If he mentions money, they say he's money mad. If he visits his parishioners, they say he's nosy. If he doesn't, they say he's a snob. If he has dinners and bazaars, they say he's bleeding the people. If he doesn't, they say there's no life in the parish. If he takes time in the reconciliation room to advise sinners, they say he takes too long. If he doesn't, they say he doesn't care. If he celebrates Mass in a quiet voice, they say he's boring. If he puts emphasis in his words, they say he's an actor. If he starts Mass on time, they say his watch must be fast. If he starts late, they say he's holding up the people. If he's young, they say he's inexperienced. If he's old, they say he ought to retire. You thought it was easy being a priest. Right? Of course, I know that none of those things has ever been said of yours truly, especially the one about being long-winded, right? I wonder, my brothers and sisters, if Peter and Andrew and James and John 2,000 years ago had any idea of what they were getting into when Jesus called them away from their fishing business and invited them to be his first apostles and later on his very first priests. Probably they didn't know what they were getting into at that moment. But they said yes anyway. And as we heard a few moments ago in today's gospel, they did it enthusiastically. And so do most priests today, praise God. Now that last point might come as a surprise to a lot of people, but it's true nonetheless. In spite of the challenges, in spite of the difficulties of priestly life, like dealing with the divisions among people that St. Paul had to deal with in Corinth, that we heard about in today's second reading, despite all of those things, most priests today are happy, very happy, in their vocation. In fact, when Father Stephen Rossetti surveyed 834 priests back in 2002, right after those terrible scandals, at a time when priestly morale should have been very low, he found that 92% of those surveyed either agreed or strongly agreed with the statement, overall, I am happy as a priest. The LA Times did a poll out there at a the same time, 1,854 priests, and they found the same result. 91% of those surveyed said they were satisfied with the way their life as a priest was going, and 90% said they would do it all over again. If they could turn back the hands of time, they'd choose once more to respond to God's grace in the priesthood. I think that's because it's a joy to bring Jesus Christ to people, especially in the sacraments, which is what we do as priests. We also bring people to Jesus. That's also a great joy. 
Now, unfortunately, there are many places, especially in the affluent Western world, where the number of vocations is very low. Actually, it's not the number of vocations that's low. Vocation means call. And God always calls the right number of people to shepherd his flock. The problem is that many who are being called are not responding. The Lord's calling, they're not saying yes. Now, there are many reasons for that, for this response crisis that we're currently experiencing. But one of the most important is many Catholics are simply not doing what they could do and what they should do to actively promote vocations. And some Catholics, unfortunately, are trying to undermine vocations, especially when it's somebody in their own family. I've seen this many times over the years. Let me say this, my brothers and sisters, personally, I would not want to stand before Almighty God someday and try to justify undermining a vocation, either to the priesthood or the diaconate or the religious life. It's not a good idea. All that having been said, let me share with you this morning three very easy and effective ways that you can promote vocations in your own life, if you so desire, and I hope you do. The first way to promote vocations is this. Know your Catholic faith. I was just watching Father Carapi last night. He said this very thing in his talk. He was on EWTN about 10 o'clock last night. Know your Catholic faith. That's a great way to promote vocations. And if you don't know it, if you don't know the basics of your faith, learn those basics. Resolve to learn those basics today and tomorrow and the next day. It will take you some time, but resolve to do it. You see, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ speaks for itself when it's shared, when it's explained in an intelligent way, in a reasonable way. Young people in our generation are looking for the same things that young people have been looking for throughout history. They're looking for answers. They're looking for answers to the basic questions of life. Who am I? Why am I here? Is it some accident? Am I some fluke of evolution? Why am I here? What's the meaning of life? What's the goal of life? Is there a God? And if there is a God, does he care? Does he care about the world? Does he care about me? And what, if anything, does this God expect of me? If we know our Catholic faith and can answer questions like these for the young people we come into contact with every day, especially those in our families, they will come to see the beauty and the truth of the gospel. And they'll begin to see that investing your life in promoting the gospel full-time is a good thing. A very good thing. As most of you know, we have been blessed here in our community with many vocations in recent years. But you know what? I know, because I hear through the grapevine, that there are some out there who think that Father Ray has put pressure on these young people to choose the priesthood or religious life. Nothing could be further from the truth. All I have tried to do during these years is to teach them the gospel. 
in a convincing way because the gospel speaks for itself. And I've tried to help them meet Jesus personally. The rest has been between them and the Lord, which is precisely the way it should be with any vocation. It's none of my business. It's between them and God. The second way to promote vocations is this. Live your Catholic faith to the best of your ability. A young person will not want to invest his life in an ideal that he doesn't see lived out, at least to some extent. Every priest, every deacon, every religious brother and sister can tell you stories about committed Catholics who made a deep and lasting impact on their life. Perhaps it was a parent or some other relative, maybe it was a priest, a religious, a co-worker, a friend, or some combination of the above. One of the people who made a profound impact on a young man named Carol Wojtyla in the early part of the last century during his discernment of the priesthood, in addition to his parents, was a Polish tailor of all people a man named Jan Tiranowski. Tiranowski knew his Catholic faith very well, and he also knew the great spiritual writers of the Church's history, like John of the Cross and Teresa of Avila, and he was a man who lived his faith in a devout way in his personal life. And because of that knowledge and example, he helped to form a future pope. As we all know, Karol Wojtyla eventually became Pope John Paul II. Did Jan Tiranowski have any idea what he was doing? Probably not. But that's why it's so important to know your faith and to be living it. This brings us to the third way to promote vocations, which not surprisingly is to pray. A vocation ultimately is not a human work. It's the work of God's grace. And that grace is poured into the hearts of people, young people especially, through prayer. On that note, I had a very saintly grandmother who lived in a wheelchair for the last several years of her life. This was the time when I was in seminary. For a long time, she had open wounds on her legs that never healed. You know, they didn't have good wound care back in the early 1980s, the kind that we have here in Westerly that they have in many other places. So my grandmother lived in constant pain. But during those years, I can still see her to this day in that wheelchair, quietly fingering her rosary beads all day long, probably all night long. My grandmother had many prayer intentions that she was interceding for in those days. Every grandmother does, right? But I knew that I, her seminarian grandson, was either at the top of that list or pretty darn close to the top. And I was very grateful. Would I have become a priest without those prayers? I seriously doubt it. I think those prayers were extremely powerful for me, especially because they were united to my grandmother's suffering. I remember Father Marcel Théon speaking here at St. Pius probably 15 years ago about vocations. 
And during that homily, he asked people to pray one Hail Mary a day for vocations to the priesthood, the diaconate, and religious life. Those of you who were here back then, 15 or so years ago, I ask you, have you done that? Or do you at least pray every once in a while in some fashion for vocations? That last question is for everybody, even if you weren't here 15 years ago. Know the faith. Live the faith. And pray. Three easy and effective ways to promote vocations. And please notice, my brothers and sisters, these things are not complicated. They don't require a lot of special gifts. They don't require a lot of specialized training. All they require is a willing heart, a loving heart, a faith-filled heart. May that kind of heart reside inside each and every one of us.